Hey there, welcome to this episode of Ask a Pastor. My name is Aaron Ellis, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Daniel Nealon. It's great to be here, Aaron. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> well, in this episode of Ask a Pastor, we're actually going to be addressing the, the topic of the coronavirus, the COVID-19 vaccination. And uh, we've been overhearing many talks and have actually been, uh, Daniel has, has expressed that he's even been receiving specific questions about the vaccination and how um, perhaps it might be the mark of the beast that is mentioned in Revelation chapter 13 at the end of the last few verses there. And so we actually want to address that question today. So Daniel, if you will, uh, is the COVID vaccine, the vaccination, is it the mark of the beast? Yeah. Great question. And like you said, I've received it from probably about three or four people uh, that I can remember specifically. These are just like friends in my life or even people around Deer Creek Church. So, you know, it's obviously front of mind for people and it's a genuine question. Um, Just let me read the verse here when we're talking about the mark of the beast. Uh, The mark of the beast, we're told in Revelation 13, that it is a mark on the right hand or on the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So that's the reference right there. And there's a short answer to your question and a larger answer. The short answer is no. The vaccine that's going around for coronavirus or the vaccines by Moderna or Johnson & Johnson or whoever, right, that is not the mark of the beast according to the Bible. So that's the very short answer, no. Longer answer as to why, I think it's really helpful uh, that we just like look at Revelation as Revelation was meant to be read. It was one letter given to John to be sent to various churches. And the way that you know you're reading Revelation correctly is if this principle applies in your interpretation. So this comes from Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. It says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. So we know that Jesus, through John, is writing Revelation to seven churches in Asia Minor. So if your interpretation of Revelation wouldn't have made sense to a first century church in Asia Minor, then it's a wrong interpretation. Uh, That means, you know, people in the first century, they wouldn't have even known what a vaccine is let alone who Johnson and Johnson or Moderna or who at Pfizer, right? They wouldn't have known who those people are. Therefore, uh, credit cards or or, Blackhawk helicopters, things like that. Exactly. Exactly. So if those things wouldn't have been known to somebody in the first century, we just know, Hey, that's a wrong interpretation. But we also know that, uh, the verse in revelation 13 Uh, we kind of know what that is as well, because it's actually a reference back to the Old Testament. It's Deuteronomy chapter six. We're all familiar with uh, maybe this saying, if you're familiar with the Bible, where God says, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And God then proceeds to tell Moses, here's what you're to do with that. You shall bind these laws, this word, right? You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, meaning the spot right between your eyes, right? So on your hand and your forehead. Right. So the reference in Revelation 13 is a reference to saying it's living after the pattern of the world, after Rome, after sin, after Satan, after the kingdom of darkness, rather than living in the pattern of Jesus, the pattern of light, the pattern of grace, the pattern of truth set down in Scripture. So really, it's much more of a general way of saying following darkness instead of following light. So that's what we know the mark is. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. So then how are we supposed to understand end times prophecy and, uh, you know, how are we supposed to understand scripture in light of how to handle those things now today? Yeah, that's good. So, you know, we talk about stuff like the last days or the end times, and maybe you see like documentaries on the History Channel talking about, are these the last days? Um, You know, are these biblical prophecies coming to fulfillment? I like to point people to kind of two two scriptures specifically. The first comes from uh, Acts. So you guys, we know the story. It's the early church. Peter's up there. He's preaching to all these people gathered in Jerusalem. And he says this, you know, they start speaking in different languages and people understand them. And Peter quotes a passage from the prophet Joel and says, and in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So he's saying, Peter's saying, we're living in the last days right now in the first century because God has poured out his spirit, which he promised in the Old Testament. So the last days are not like this future time to come that we should be in fear of. Really, the last days are the time simply in the Bible between uh, Jesus' resurrection and Jesus' second coming. That's good. So in other words, there really shouldn't be any confusion around whether or not we actually are in the last days. Yes. Because according to that understanding, we truly are. We truly are in the last days, just as those who lived in the Middle Ages are in the last days, just as Peter was in the last days. Uh, So that's the one place that we see that. But another place we see it is in Hebrews. This is the second scripture I was going to point out. Uh, There, the author says, Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So he's saying, hey, with the coming of Jesus, we've entered the last days. History's winding down. We're moving toward Jesus' second coming. So we're not in fear of a future, right? We're living in the last days, and we know that God's in control of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that most of this, um, this kind of this understanding around the vaccine being the mark of the beast really can come from a place of fear. And as Christians, we understand, because uh, in uh, 2 Timothy mm-hmm. chapter 1, verse 7 says, um, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but of one of the sound mind, right? And so, right. so we've, been, we've been given a spirit that is able to think clearly mm-hmm. about these things uh, and, and, and how yep. we understand scripture and how we interpret in, in our days now. So we don't want to be driven by fear. So what do you think is something that, that can help us understand that today? Yeah, that's great. And that's so true. You know, we, we've been given scripture and Scripture shouldn't confuse us, you know, we shouldn't be looking to signs of the times, you know, in order to understand the Bible. The Bible is very clear in what it intends to teach, and the thing that we should take great comfort in instead of being driven by fear is this, the great comfort that God is sovereign, which means that God controls everything. Um, a lot of times I think people are fearful, rightfully so, because the, the, the world is going in a direction that we don't like to see the world going in, things seem to be getting out of hands, things seem to be going crazy, but I take comfort in these words. First, that God's sovereign, but then these words from Daniel chapter 4, where we're told the most high rules the kingdom of men. So just stop right there. God is not in the dark about what's going on. It's not as if the, you know, recent election or the coronavirus or tensions with China are anything new on God's radar. These are actually things that God has foreordained before the foundation of the earth. So we know that. So God rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets it over uh, and sets the lowliest and sets over it the lowliest of men. So what that means in essence is hey God's controlling this whole thing. 
doesn't matter who's in power, doesn't matter what's coming our way. We know that God's sovereignly in control of it. And we can take rest as Christians in that, knowing that our kingdom, our home is not in this world. We're looking forward to a future kingdom when Jesus comes again, and that should be our ultimate hope. So if you find yourself fearful, hey, I would just say, continue to press on toward the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean throw away all things that are going on in the world right now, but make your ultimate hope, your ultimate uh, desire, the kingdom of God. And these things, they shouldn't shake you. They shouldn't shake you. And so people might actually have some real conscientious objections to the vaccine or even things that um, health issues that they can that they're concerned about with that and Mm -hmm. um, those are totally legitimate right totally yeah yeah. totally I mean uh, I don't pretend to be a doctor um, but people do have conscientious objections to the vaccine people do have reasons why they don't want to take it and I would say hey as their individual conscience and their study of what this taking the vaccine might entail if they don't want to take it I would say hey, that's perfectly legitimate. But I would also say, let's not, let's not confuse that with, hey, this is the mark of the beast. Right. Let's relieve revelation out of it yeah. uh, because I, I don't think that's, that's altogether helpful. Right. So. That makes sense. That's very helpful. Oh, good. Well, yeah. if you have any other questions, ask Aaron. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not pretending to be a doctor, but might be pretending to be a pastor. I don't know. <laughs> that might be. But, uh, <laughs> hey, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Ask a Pastor, and we hope to see you next time.